Tonight's Bible reading comes from Matthew 18, verses 15 to 35. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault, just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. I tell you the truth. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began, to, began the settlement, a man who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will, I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged, Be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned over him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. not quite sure I got all the fun ones. Just must be lucky. I was reading during the weekend there was um, a Christian organization that uh, was a radio organization so they presented things on the radio constantly. And every month they met together and found out what their special of the month was going to be so that they would give a free prize to the people who listened and in, you know, kind of in... Uh, in recognition of the free prize they got, they expected people to donate money. And so they got in this group to say, what's our free prize going to be this month? And, and the guy who was the radio speaker said, look, it's been on my heart, the idea of forgiving one another. And everyone thought, well, that's, that's a really great idea. We'll, we'll, we'll put a book together and we'll give them this as a free prize. 
One of the people in the room was a marketing executive and he wasn't so keen. And um, the radio person said, what's wrong with forgiveness? And he said, well, he said, I don't quite know how to say it, but forgiveness and the topic of forgiveness of people is like having a colonoscopy. Everyone knows it's helpful and it will be beneficial in the long run, but no one's going to pay for it and no one wants to hear about it. And that was his explanation. Everyone knows what colonoscopy is? I don't have to describe it, do I? <laughs> so they look up a part of your body that you don't want looked up most of the time. Is that right? And that's what I think often when we talk about forgiveness is, is the issue. We, we all know that it's something that we should be involved in and relating to. And we know it's important. But most of the time we really don't want to actually have it applied to us because it can be painful and it can be difficult. Let's pray and ask God that he might bless us as we look at this passage. Heavenly Father, we come now and we, um, we want to talk about what you say in your word about the necessity for us as your people to have a forgiving heart toward others. Father, you've, you've shown in your word that it, it relates to the way in which we relate with you and we talk with you. And so, Father, I pray that we might, as we look at this, be convicted in our heart that this is something which should have great importance for us. And regardless of the difficulties that it might bring about in us in having to forgive people who have maybe hurt us in terrible ways that we might because of your great love for us and our desire to be in that close relationship with you that we might seek after, desire, strive to be people who like you have a great heart of forgiveness Forgiveness towards others. Father, I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Most of what we've been looking at over the last few weeks and what we're looking forward to in the next six weeks is on prayer. What are some of the barriers that are there in our prayer life? What are, what are some of the ways, the attitudes that we might have which will encourage us to develop that relationship with God where we will talk to him at all times and we will listen to him and we just have that intimacy. We've, we've talked about a number of things. This morning Daryl talked about confession. That one of the attitudes that we have to have is that we come before him acknowledging to God our sin. Because that, that's what the scripture calls us to. That as we repent, as we confess, that God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin. And tonight, they kind of tie in well together. We're going to look at the fact that the scriptures, and particularly Christ, share with us that there's almost a conditionality to that. That, that our attitude of repentance to those people who have hurt us can be a barrier in our prayer with God and in the efficacy of our asking him to forgive us. As Daryl mentioned this morning, it's not looking at that 
that act of forgiveness that is ours because of the work of Christ and as we come to him and we become a child of God. It, it's not that once forever when we become sealed by the Holy Spirit, become his child, our debt is paid because of what he did on the cross. So we're not looking at that. that, that that's an objective thing that Christ has achieved for us on the cross. But it's that sanctification process that happens as we go through life when we we do something which is contrary to our Lord and Master that, that causes a barrier between us there's a break in our relationship Daryl gave some examples this morning of his and Rhonda's relationship that they, if something happens between a married couple where one of them does something against the other one there's a break in relationship. They have to deal with it. The relationship's not broken, but that the communication is broken for a bit, and there's, there's a breakdown until those things are fixed up. And that's what the Lord is talking about as He gets into these, these passages about our, our forgiveness. But He links our forgiving attitude to others and prayer, because He says, if you come to the Lord and you pray, but your heart isn't right. In other words, your relationship with God is broken because you aren't living as a believer should live. You aren't, you aren't aware of all that God's done for you and you're not living it out as you relate to other people. Then there's that breakdown in relationship with God. And he says this in a number of places. We, we read it in Matthew chapter 18, verse 35. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. In Matthew chapter 6, earlier on in Matthew's Gospel, when um, Jesus is giving some teaching on prayer and he gives the, the Lord's Prayer, he says this in verse 12, we'll go back to verse 11, Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And then at the end of the Lord's Prayer, he gives this explanation. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Mark chapter 11, Jesus says this, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying... If you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Luke says, Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will, and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. And he goes on with this picture. So for us, we have to take seriously this idea of our relationship with other people if we're going to be thinking about our relationship with God. As Dale talks about this morning, we need to come in that attitude of constant daily confession to keep our relationship with God right. We keep short accounts with God so that there's not a breakdown in this relationship. And part of that is that our relationship with other people has to be right. And Christ and Paul and Peter all recognize the fact that one of the things that causes our breakdown in relationship with other people is this, this place where we fail to forgive. A couple of things came to mind as I was thinking about this. 
because, you know, I've had some people, oh, just an example, as I was driving here, this car cut me off. And I was thinking about repentance and confession and forgiveness. And as he cut me off and I had to put a brake and I missed the green light and I was stuck at a red light and I had to wait for the change of things, it brought up all of this in my mind. Do I forgive this guy? Because I'm trying to toss around here this question that often comes up when you talk about forgiving other people which is what if they don't repent what does it mean to have a forgiving heart towards someone either when they don't repent or when they don't have an opportunity to repent he was gone I could have chased him I could have cut him off I could have stopped his car I could have got out I could have told him what he had done wrong towards me and forced him or just shown him to turn around and say look I'm really sorry but that wasn't going to happen so what does a forgiving attitude mean? And how does that relate to repentance, confession and all those sorts of things? I just want to tidy that up just a little bit before we get onto this idea of what our heart needs to be like. Firstly, as you read through all the passages, we've read through a number of them in, in Mark's Gospel, Matthew's Gospel, Luke's Gospel, as we go into Acts and Colossians and Peter and all those sorts of places. Almost all of the passages seem to give a precondition for forgiveness. I mean, even the passage that we read there where it says at the very end, be patient with me. And I'll, No, sorry. This is how my Heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. He starts this whole passage with a description of this, um, this issue that comes between two people and he, he describes the process whereby we might find reconciliation between those two. And when someone repents or when he comes and talks about it and agrees with you, then you are to forgive him. And as you read the rest of the passages that come around, there's this idea that we are to forgive like Christ forgives us. So Ephesians says, Forgive each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Colossians says, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Luke says, If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you and say, I repent, you must forgive them. So there's this, this idea there that repentance is almost a precondition for forgiveness. So that when someone comes and repents to us we have no option but to forgive so that's a part obviously what Jesus is saying we have to have this forgiving heart our attitude should be that if someone comes and says I want to make things right I'm sorry for what I did then we are to be forgiving towards them so almost all the passages are like that but then we get a couple of passages in the scripture like in Luke's Gospel, when Jesus is hanging on the cross, he says this, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. He asks for God to forgive them, and there's no explanation in here or understanding that there's a, there's a repentant attitude on their heart. God says, Jesus says, don't hold this against them. They're not sure what they're doing. And in the same way in Acts chapter 6, Stephen, when he's being stoned he says as he falls on his knees he says Lord do not hold this sin against them when he had said this 
he fell asleep. So as I've been putting this through in my thinking, I think there's two issues that are here. One of them is this idea that we should always be open to forgive. We should always be open to not hold that person's debt against them. We should wipe out that which is owed, if you like. And if they ever come and say to you or to me, I repent, I'm sorry for the way I I behaved, our attitude should be one of complete forgiveness for them. That's what we are to do. It's a command as well as an attitude. But then there's this, this second idea, and I think the word, although we use it the same, they have a slightly different connotation, is that our attitude towards others should always be that their best, what is good happens to them. This seems to be both Jesus and Stephen's concept. That we want what is good for them. If you like, our heart attitude should always be like at the beginning of this passage in Matthew 8, to get reconciliation between the two of us. That should be our heart's aim. And we should allow nothing to be the barrier between us that will prevent that happening. We should take every step that we possibly can to restore the fellowship. So in other passages, as Paul says, if you're there ready to to, to come to communion and you realise that you've got a problem with your brother, go and fix it up. Our attitude should constantly be that we are reconciled because we want all of our relationships to be such that there is nothing that hinders our walk being what Christ wants it to be, not just as it is with him, but also as it is with our brothers and sisters in the community outside so that nothing can come between us so that our relationship can be as intimate as it's supposed to be that nothing comes between. So not only are we to be forgiving when there's repentance, but we should also be looking out and being ready to forgive at all times. So I was thinking, what, what's, the, what's the barrier to that? What's the, what's the barrier that comes when I'm... Why aren't I willing to forgive when they haven't repented? I think one of the things is that we have to understand that justice is is what God looks for and we all naturally look for justice. In many ways, anger is natural when injustice happens. God never says we're not to be angry. He just says when we're angry not to sin. There are never times when we're allowed to be greedy. Greed is always wrong. But anger, there are times when it's appropriate. When things are against the what is right, the truth against God, we are allowed to be angry. So when someone cuts me off, he's done the wrong thing. There's there's that part which feels, if you like, that's not right. And, And something is there, if you like, although maybe in my case it wasn't righteous, that is appropriate to be angry. But it's how we deal with that. We have to get into this stage if we're going to develop within us a forgiving heart that allows our relationship with God in our prayers to be what it should be such that we deal with that anger in an appropriate way. So what normally happens? Well, there are two ways that are wrong attitudes, if you like, the scriptures talk about in dealing with our anger. One of them is 
wrath or, or rage. These are times when we express that anger. We express that anger violently or we express that anger um, not in order to restore someone but just to tell them off. This is where you have those finger motions and all sorts of other things as you're driving along. That, that's one way, wrath and rage. Another way is, and I, I think often more likely in our society, is where we, instead of expressing our anger, we, we suppress it or we repress it or it's repressed. And this leads within us to, to malice and to bitterness. Um, Hebrews says this make every effort to live in peace with everyone to be holy without holiness no one will see the Lord see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter roots grow up to cause trouble and defile many Ephesians says don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God get rid of all bitterness rage and anger brawling and slander along with every form of malice be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So I suppose if I'm thinking about it, this forgiving attitude is not, not this way of denying that wrong has happened, but an appropriate mechanism for us to diffuse the anger that we have, to, to put it in its right place. I think as, as we've looked at some of that, the idea in Scripture is that our desire is for the other person. This is the love that we're called upon to show to that person. They've broken truth. They've broken what is right. They've broken God's law. They've harmed us. And for their sake, they need to make things right. They need to have restitution, either with us or with God. And so our desire is that what is good for them happens and that they get, if you like, out of the debt that they are now in. That's what our attitude should be. Our anger, if you like, against the truth is not aimed at them. It's against the breakdown of what is right. And we shouldn't hold that in. We shouldn't express it, but we should desire that we have this reconciliation, this restitution. And that means that we need to accept the fact that we might need to forgive them. Quickly, you jump into the Old Testament. If you look at the Old Testament laws, there are two sorts, really. One of the ones where you actually paid back the person. So if I went and I broke down your fence, it's not that you forgave me for breaking down your fence, you told me to get you a new one. That was easy, right? I steal some money from you, I pay it back. As soon as I've paid it back, or as soon as i fixed your fence, everything's fine again. Because you now have what you had beforehand. The time comes, however, when forgiveness steps in and what God is called upon to forgive us when it can't be paid back. So if we slander somebody, you can't give them back the honour that's been taken from them. And therefore, you can never make it right. The debt that has to be paid is too big, which in God's case means that the consequence of the debt to be paid is death. And in our case, often there, there's no way that we can have a restoration unless we forgive that person the debt. And so what God wants us to do is when we come to these situations is to understand what the person has done against us to recognise that for their sake we need to let go of the debt that they have towards us. Yes, it can't be completely dealt with. We can't 
take it as if it hasn't happened unless they have an acknowledgement of us and we should seek to do that with them so we come to them and we say this is what's happened and we want them to acknowledge what's gone but we have to first of all take care that we are ready A. to forgive if they repent but also not to allow that to build up within us and be this attitude of bitterness or this attitude of rage towards them we need to have if you like the same attitude as Stephen and Jesus had that for their benefit we are wanting in the words of um, my fair lady wanting, willing and waiting to forgive that's what our attitude is supposed to be if you like forgiveness is the only way that we have to deal with that debt I suppose I'd say feeling forgiveness is not a feeling it's a choice that we make when we, when we choose to forgive then yes it, it diffuses the feelings that we have because we have chosen to do something Matthew 18.35 again says this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart and you say but your heart's the place where your feelings is well in, in English in our modern day that's true but in the Hebrew understanding the heart and the way that they used that word was for the, the will if you like their, it's where their, their, their thoughts came from it was their choices that they made if he had wanted to say to get your feelings right he would have said forgive your brother or sister from your bowels that's where they thought your feelings were because if your bowels were all uptight then your feelings went out of kilter. So how do, we, how do we make this choice? How do we make a choice to forgive? I just want to give you a couple of practical things before we, before we close. Firstly, we actually need to recognize what it is that the wrong has been done. I think to, to appropriately develop within ourselves a forgiving heart, there needs to be a recognition that we've been wronged. If you like, we actually have to think about the situation to say, who's at fault here? Who owes a debt? There's no point in trying to have a forgiving heart just in general. You have a forgiving heart towards particular people. So I was thinking about this in this issue where this car cut me off. Who's to blame? Well, that guy was. Pretty sure it was a guy. Driving a hot car. He's the one to blame. In any situation, we need to come down and say, who is the person who's at fault in this situation? Because our forgiveness is actually aimed towards a brother, a sister, or someone that we know. Sometimes I know when I'm talking to people who have got this bitterness towards something I say well who's who's at fault what's the problem they say well I'm not sure I'm saying if you're going to actually develop within yourself an attitude of forgiveness you have to know who's the one at fault think for yourself of those people who have harmed you or wronged you in some way either small or great everyone got somebody in mind if you've got a situation you can't put someone to it then it's going to be very hard to develop a forgiving attitude because who is it you're planning to forgive? 
it's really hard to blame society in general. In many ways, you have to think, well, if I'm going to have this forgiving heart, who is it that I'm going to... Who's to blame for the situation what I'm in? I have to be honest, when I begin to think in those ways, some of the situations just kind of disappear because I realise it's just my selfishness or my pride or something else that's in the way. It's not a matter of forgiveness, it's just a matter of my attitudes in the wrong. So if you've got someone in your mind, this is the person who's done something towards you. Everybody got somebody? No? Some people can't think of anybody? Bless you. When you've got that person, you've recognised who's done the wrong thing, you need to recognise that there is a debt. Because if you're going to have this attitude towards them, where you are going to forgive them, it's important that you understand what it is that you're cancelling out. What is the debt that you're cancelling out? How is it that they've wronged you? I tried to do this with this gentleman who cut me off. What was the debt he owed me? And I found that really, really tough. He cost me a minute of my time. That's what he owed me. A minute of my time. That's all. One minute. So that was what was owed to me. When you do that, it begins to put everything into perspective. So when I pulled him up and stopped him, I could say... I'm a Baptist pastor, I get about five bucks an hour. That means you owe me 30 cents. All my anger and bitterness and rush was this idea to get this 30 cents back for the minute of my time that was gone. I actually get paid more than that. get about 50 cents. Right? So what? that's what you need to do. Someone who has... I, I, there's someone else that I've struggled to forgive over the years because they, they said nasty things about me. I know exactly who the person is. What is it that they owe me? Do they owe me my reputation? I still have my reputation. What is it that they owe me? And it's been really hard to nail it down. This is, this is, what, this is how they could make it better. This is how they could fix it. But to truly be able to have that forgiving heart, we need to be able to recognise not only who it is who's to blame, but recognise what the debt is and what is owed. When we have that in mind, we can then say that if we're going to forgive, this is what we are letting go of. This is what we are saying, I don't need back from you. Hopefully the person, if we're going to be honest, we will go to them and ask them and explain to them what debt they owe us. And we hope that there's this this idea and change in their heart. But either way, our attitude is going to be, this is what I am prepared to let go for this person. And if I don't have an opportunity or if they don't respond in repentance, my attitude is to be, I am prepared not to have this back from you I'm prepared to let it go this is what Christ has done for us he's understood the debt not only has he paid it but he has forsaken it he said no thank you it's what the story in Matthew 18 is about this servant comes to his master and owes um, 10,000 talents 10,000 bags of gold really big bags if you read the different commentaries they end up with somewhere between about $50 million and $7 billion. There's absolutely no way it could get paid back. 
There's not a chance in the world of it getting paid back. And what the master does is he lets go of the debt. In other words, he, if you like, the master recognises there's no way that person can pay me back. All that I'm doing in keeping this barrier between us is holding on to something in many ways which is worthless. This person is never going to be able to make this accounts receivable go away. But he can't pay, so I'm going to say it's cancelled. And often for many of us it's exactly the same situation. We're holding on to something which we, we feel bitter and angry about, which when we actually begin to think about they actually can't fix the situation. We're holding on to something which actually has no value. This person owes me my reputation. They can't give it back if they've stolen it from me. They can't give back the things they've taken. They can never make it right. All I really want from them is an acknowledgement of it. But whether they acknowledge it or not, forgiving heart says I'm prepared to cancel that debt and, and to write it out. Because I want what's best for you. That's the first thing. We need to understand that forgiveness is a choice that we make. A choice having recognised what's been done and who's done it wrong to us. Recognise the debt. And then be prepared to give it up. Be prepared to cancel that debt for the sake of the other person. We need to realise what the consequences are if we are not being a forgiving person. We recognise that if we don't have that attitude of heart in being prepared to give up our right for recompense to make things right, that in many ways we're sinning against God because we've failed to understand all that he's done for us. Proverbs says that uh, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is the slave to the lender. And whilst it's not there, I think it's also true that the lender is the slave to the borrower. That when someone owes me something, I'm constantly worrying about it, I'm constantly uptight about it, I'm constantly angry about it. I actually become a slave to this thing. And that consumes my time. And in that consummation of desiring to get this stuff, I take my eyes off the Lord who asks me to give up all things for him. And he wants me to just be prepared to give it up. If I recognise all that he's done for me and all that he calls me to, my attitude is to be one. I'm not going to be tied to you in this way where I'm constantly wanting you to give me stuff, to pay me back my pride, my money, my whatever it is. I'm prepared to let it go. I'm not going to be angry with you. I'm not going to hold it up in bitterness. I want what's right for you as a person. I want you to confess your sin. I want you to get a relationship right. I want justice to be had. But more than that, I want there to be no barrier between us and no barrier between me and the Lord. Luke says, or Jesus says in Luke, but to you who are listening I say, love your enemies, 
Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. That's how we develop, if you like, a forgiving heart. When you get into that situation where someone has wronged you, consciously think about the situation, think about what it is that God would have you do there, recognising that because of all the love that he's given to you, you have to respond in the same way to other people. But practically, what are some more practically, how would I encourage you to do that in this next week? Start small. Begin by struggling to do that with the smallest things. With a child, with traffic, with the little irritations that you have, your husband, wife, your parents, when they do something just that makes you angry, you know they've been unjust. Begin at that level and stop and rearrange your heart so that it's thankful because you don't want to have a break with God. Let's do it to parents first. They do something, they say something in public, they embarrass you or something along those lines. Recognise what it is. Go through the process. Say, well, it's my parent, they've hurt me. What have they done? Well, that's when it gets a bit more tricky, you see. You think, well, how important is it really? But maybe they've they've ruined my standing in front of these people. They've, They've made me look silly or whatever else in front of these people. What do they owe me? What is it that will bring back the stuff that they've they've lost? Well, maybe they need to encourage me or, or maybe they need... And in many of the cases when you get to it, there's not much they can do to actually restore that situation. The debt is almost insurmountable. But you need to recognise what that is because if it's something that they can do, when you go to talk to your parents, being ready to forgive them, you need to be able to say, if you could do this, this will make things right. That's all I want. I want this made right. And then if they repent and they can do those things, then there's no, the anger's gone, everything's been made good. But if they can't make it right, which often the case is, which is why we get angry with people, then as they repent, you can say, I forgive you. And if they don't repent, if they don't acknowledge me, Acknowledge that you know what it is that they've done, you know what the damage is that you're owed and you can say, well, either to them or in your heart, I'm prepared to let that go because I don't want there to be this barrier between us. It's not dealt with in that sense. In other words, I'm going to be careful in the situations in the future because you haven't acknowledged this and I'm, I'm a bit wary but I'm not going to hold it against you. I'm prepared to let that go because I want nothing to come between me and the Lord in our relationship. So start with the small things. Don't struggle in a small way with these things, but throw yourself into it. It should become a habit, but it's only going to become a habit as you purposely look through and deal with the anger that's in your heart in an appropriate way, in a forgiving way. So as you, as you get this reaction towards somebody, towards your spouse, towards your kids, 
towards the idiot on the road. Think it through. Take some time to process what your reaction should be as a Christian. As someone who's been forgiven by Christ, how you should respond. Secondly this week, besides that, be aware of your own failings. One of the problems as you read all of the passages is that the people who are not forgiving have basically failed to understand what Christ has done for them. So for us to understand what Christ has done for us is, if you like, the tonic that prevents us falling into this trap of not being prepared to give to other people because we are to be like Christ. Constantly be aware of who you are. Think through the confession and repentance things, but Understand that you're as broken as the people around you are. If you like, cultivate in your heart and understand that all human beings are broken and victims of the fall. No one around you is any more likely to be perfect than you are. And yet Christ has shown you this amazing grace and forgiven you all your sin. And you should be able to do that to others. The third thing, just practically this week was something that, that I read in, a, in an orthodox prayer book. So this was more of a, a Greek orthodox. But they, they suggested that if you want to develop this idea within your heart of um, being forgiven, they, they pray this. Oh God, at the coming judgment, do not condemn them for my sake. At the coming judgment, do not condemn them for my sake. If you remember from Psalm 51, Daryl did this morning, all sinners against him. If they have done wrong, if they have done wrong towards us, our attitude should be what's best for them. And just like Jesus, just like Stephen, we should in that moment be thinking, we don't want this thing that they've done to me to be a barrier between them and God. And although they need to repent of their sin to be in that right relationship with God, our natural attitude should be, we don't want this to be something which causes that to be broken. And so what they suggest is, when someone does something against you and you want to develop within yourself a forgiving heart, consciously and purposely say to God, God, I want good for this person. And when they stand before you, I don't want this to be a barrier. I don't want this to be a problem between them and you. I don't want this issue to be there. So don't condemn them for my sake. What the person who who was talking about this said is that when we place the debt in the right perspective and at that distance, the distance where it becomes between that person and God, as we're followers of God, we'll naturally want to be able to reach out and just get rid of our bitterness and our anger and to desire what is good for that person because we recognise that the consequences for that person of them doing the wrong thing. So in conclusion, if we are to truly pray 
in a way in which God hears us and relates to us without barriers, one of the things we have to develop in our hearts is forgiveness towards others. It's very clear if we don't. If we're not prepared to forgive others, then our relationship with God is broken. Not broken that we go to hell, but broken in that we don't have good talking communication. We don't listen properly and we can't tell him all of our needs. We can't fix up that stuff because we have got issues with this other person. We've dealt with one aspect of sin, what we've done, but we haven't dealt with the other aspect of sin, which is all that people have done to us and we've done to them. So if we are truly going to pause and pray, then moment by moment, whenever we get in a situation when someone does something to us, our natural habit is to remember what Christ has done for us and to be forgiving towards them. Seeking first to have restoration with them so they understand what they've done wrong. But for one reason or another, if that can't be true, we need to make sure we don't have anger or bitterness towards them, but instead we want them to be in a right relationship with God and therefore we have this attitude of cancelling their debt towards us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, if we think back on our lives, there are times when we, we've been hurt by someone else. Some of us get hurt daily by people that we love. They don't understand us. They do things which cause us shame. They treat us with contempt. Or maybe they do worse things to us and they they abuse us. At work, at home, school. People who owe us money and never pay it back. People who tell lies towards us. They break the truth. Father, I pray that you might develop within each of us a heart that seeks restoration with these people. Restoration with us, but primarily restoration with you. Father, help us to constantly have this thought within our minds that for all of those people who do harm toward us, that we might seek that that will not be a barrier between them and you. And so that we are prepared to release them from that debt that they might have a right relationship. Father, help us to be people who forgive in the same way that you forgave us. And that this might continually help us to grow in our relationship with you. Father, we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.